Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Catering Insight and Food Service Equipment Journal's Market Talk. Uh, joining myself, Claire Nichols and Andrew Seymour today, we have Mark Drazen, who is the MD of Dealer Caterware, and also Peter McAllister, who is the MD of Manufacturer Falcon Food Service Equipment. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'd just, just like to say, Peter, it's probably a good, good idea you didn't let Lawrence Hughes uh, appear on this video or we'd had a half an hour chat re regarding Manchester City um, <laughs> with the odd cooker and Covid thrown in for good reference, probably. Yeah, I'm oh, quite happy to talk about football for half an hour. <laughs> no, no one needs that. No one needs that. <laughs> but anyway, I'll start off, um, Mark. So I know that uh, Caterware has been managing to kind of keep some operations going throughout the lockdown um, and you've also been doing some project work as well so could you just tell me about what kind of capacity you've been working at and, and what kind of projects you've been doing um i'd say from a from a, a staff perspective we're probably about 80 percent of us back now probably still 20 percent on furlough um like most people think when all this hit we saw it as three sections you know there was a first section which is sort of bolt everything down um don't spend anything that you don't need to cancel any sort of non-core expenditure and building repairs and, and anything you look at unfortunately that including marketing etc but a lot of those things were, were cancelled for us because events just never took place um so it, it was bolt down and and try and analyze where the future was going to be i think we we, we looked at worst case scenario um, and hope for the best um we literally based everything on literally nothing going out the door hardly any invoicing um looked at our funds and our finances predicted where we might be by the end of the year um then tried to analyze what funds we might need, doubled it, went to the bank and got a yes. So, you know, that 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 meant that at least we knew we were gonna be here for another 12 months, even if we didn't take an order. Um, then it was just a matter of concentrating on losing a small fortune rather than a large one. Um, we then knew it would go into section two because, you know, we did. We did start this with an excellent order book. Mm -hmm. um, everything was looking rosy. Um, we didn't expect any of this to happen. And all of a sudden, everything fell off a cliff. But those orders weren't, they weren't cancelled. They were just delayed. So we thought section two would be, would be a period where those orders start to filter back into the system. Uh, and the orders that were cancelled come online. And hopefully we would start to get back all the money that we'd lost in, in section one. Uh, we then, we, we, after that, we were then going to section three, which is maybe something we go into later, which is the aftermath. Um, and that's probably the most scary of all. Um, so I'd say at this moment in time, we're probably in, in, in we, we've probably come through section one. Mm -hmm. um, we've lost the least amount that we possibly could, given the circumstances. Um, with worst case scenario didn't really come in we we did start to to, to to develop more business we we started to get on sites where we didn't think we would you know construction seems to have come back um, 
we've had slight instances where it's not all been bad you know we've i can think of one customer we're, we're, we're a very large hotel that we've been talking about for four years about redoing the kitchen um they're always too busy and it just got shelved and shelved and shelved well all of a sudden they've now decided to close that hotel for 12 months and at the end of this year it's gonna have a nice brand new shiny kitchen and they're gonna spend 20 million quid refurbishing the whole place so you know that probably wouldn't have happened um there are also one or two brave individuals out there that are saying look you know we're, we're building a business to last for 25 years not for 25 months or 25 weeks um, and we're not going to be put off by that, so we're just going to drive ahead and it, it's made things easier. Uh, another project we're doing in central Manchester, uh, where surrounding there was hotels that had to close. There were other restaurants that had to close because they were all in the same building. Well, the hotel's closed now and the restaurant's closed now. So the clients just said, well, let, let's just carry on um, because... Uh, the centre of town is quite busy. Um, mm -hmm. The store that we're working in uh, was one of the few of theirs that, that weren't doing stupid numbers and trade. It had gone a bit quiet because it was a town centre site and nobody was in the town centres. So again, they're using that as an excuse to sort of sort of crack on. So whilst I say we catered for worse scenario, thankfully we haven't had worse scenario. Well, that's good. Excellent stuff. Um, likewise, Peter, for Falcon, I believe that you're now starting to bring people back from furlough as well. Is that the case? Yeah. I mean, I think we kind of moved quite quickly um, when the announcement happened, the Prime Minister's announcement on the 23rd evening, the Monday the 23rd. We got the factory together and effectively closed the lion's share of our manufacturing that morning. Um, what we've done though is we've always kept a skeleton staff. So we've always had maybe sort of between 10 and 15% of people here. We've always had capability in manufacturing, cutting metal, um, welding. And I think the team that I've had here have just done a phenomenal job because they're doing, you know, they're a welder one day, they're a packer the next day, they're doing a conversion from feet to casters the other day. You know, my sales team, you know, Lawrence and the guys have, have really done a great job at staying in touch with everybody in the industry. So, I th you know, I actually feel, you know, as a business, we, we've kind of, a bit like Mark said, nobody could have seen this coming. Sometimes I look back in hindsight and say, maybe we could have, but I don't think we could have really have seen it coming. And I think we've just always done since then is reacted and reacted really well. More recently, the market has really picked up for us. Uh, yesterday, we've had our best sales day since March. And a bit like Mark said, we were our financial quarter, we were at our half year in February and we were just ahead of target. And we were feeling pretty good about that as we, as we rolled into March. And guess what? We're not going to make our target for quarter three now. Um, but I think, I think we've, as I say, the team, the team have been really flexible. We started to bring people back as, as the market started to open up. Um, really with a focus on design and technology. So we, we as I say, we've always that small capability, but we've recently unfollowed our full design and new product development department, and we've got them all in working in new products. We've purchased a new machine um, that arrived just at the, at the start of this. We bought a, an Amada auto tool brake press. It arrived, we've got the engineers in there commissioning that just now, doing training in that just now. So in the factory this morning, it, it really is great to actually, I, I was over at our development kitchen this morning, 
you can hear metal getting cut, you know, the, the welders are going, the, the testers and the assemblers are going, and it, it's just such a great feeling to just, I mean, I've worked in manufacturing all my life, and just the smell and sound of people making stuff, is just great to hear it and back again. Peter, I know when we spoke um, about a year ago, you had quite a, uh, you know, um, elaborate product development plan in place and, and, and yep. a roadmap for what that might look like. Um, are you still trying to maintain that or have you had to really review it and, and kind of change those plans? You know, strategy is a great thing. And we, we had a bit of a strategy on developing new products and expanding into slightly different markets. And sometimes you rethink your strategy when there's, when there's you know, a global pandemic or an event that makes you rethink everything. But actually that strategy couldn't be more true. Um, and we had a number of products that were just about ready to launch and a number of different things that were just about ready and we've slightly eased off in that because there, there, there's no point in launching up to a market where nobody is actually able to purchase that at the moment. So we slowed down the launch a little bit but not the design and the development. What we've actually done is within the last maybe four or five weeks we've come up with you know various new products we've got prototypes in production just now so we've actually accelerated really really quickly the development of of many new products we haven't slowed it down at all andrew okay and from a, a from a customer perspective um you know falcon's renowned for a very strong heritage in, in the public sector particularly but also in you know, on, on, on the pub side and, and restaurants too. Um, do, do you think that diversity of customer bases has been a benefit during this period or has it created more challenges? No, I, I think um, Falcon are a brand that I believe that the, the industry looks to as somebody that is reliable. We've been here for 201 years and, and many times in that period we've changed what we did. We made munitions during war times. So we have that sort of history of, of you know, being that reliable brand that, that people can trust. We've, we do have a strong history in the public sector. Um, Her Majesty's prisons have still been ordering regularly. We've still been orders for care homes and hospitals. Although the orders for the sort of, our sort of brewery hospitality sector is, is pretty much dried up. So I, think, I, I don't know if Mark thinks the same thing, but normally our order book fluctuates a little bit. But now our order book, you go, Wow, that's brilliant. You know, Monday's been the best day we've had in ages. Then Tuesday is there, and then up, down, up, down. So there's been a lot of fluctuation. So it makes it hard to be yeah, flexible and reactive. But I think we've done really well in terms of how we've handled that. Uh, I, I think our order bug is, it, is good. Um, it's where, where we're all suffering at the moment. It, it, it's cash flow, you know, because there's very little going out the door. But, you know, order book was good before this started. And since it started, it, 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 our order book has got even better. You know, we've got orders now going into 2021 and negotiating orders for 2022. Um, and, and I think that, that is part of the problem because even though we've got nothing going out, um, we've got all the expenses still to pay, we, we couldn't release so many staff because... We've got plenty of inquiries going through the books. Um, the majority of our our, our, our clients, um, you know, they have exterior consultants like architects and m and &E consultants and cost consultants and planners, and they're all working from home full-time working on these projects. They expect us to be here. Now, you know, we, we can't slow down that process by saying, I'm sorry, we've got everyone on furlough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we've had to bring that situation 
to the front and and we haven't been able to get rid of as many as many people on furlough as as perhaps the finances would have dictated we have mm -hmm. um, how have you been managing that cash flow then mark how, how have you uh, tried to um well that? It... well fortunately we, we've 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 always been fairly strong and we've always had a, a fairly strong balance sheet um, we're probably one of those daft companies that left money in the business over the years rather than try and take it out and, and in that way we're old-fashioned this we're is the rainy off. day that that, that was uh, there for oh, right yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so we have a few quid to sit back on you, you don't want to lose it but at, at least it's there um we also are the old-fashioned type where we own our own buildings you know we own the premises that, that, that we live in so you know, as a result, we're showing nearly two million pounds worth of assets on our balance sheet. Um, so we assessed the situation. We thought, right, when's our money going to run out? Uh, and what do we need? We we anticipated what we need and, and we doubled it. And literally went to our bankers and said, you know, we'd prefer an increased overdraft facility rather than a direct loan. Mm -hmm. um, because at least that only comes into play when we use it. Um, and can we have one of these cheap COVID type loans, etc.? So it's annoyingly they came back and said, well, yeah, you can have the money, but you can't have, it won't be a COVID loan because apparently we were considered capable of going out into the market and getting those facilities in normal circumstances where apparently the COVID loans were for those that weren't able to go out into the market. Um, but it it was favourable rates. So far, we haven't used it to a point. I hope we do because that that means that we're, we're funding a we're funding an order book. Um, it's at cheap rates. It's 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 at rates that we probably never believed it, it would be. So you know we've 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 nailed our mast and um, we, we will be here for the recovery. Um, and we'll probably be working for two, three years to get back what we've lost. But Salavi, you know, yeah. I, I think an important point that Peter made, you know, he mentioned this is no one's fault. And I think that is a very, very important point. You know, there are people beating themselves up about this. And they shouldn't be. Because where previously, if business has been bad or we've had some bad hits, you can always blame the decision. There was always something we'd done wrong. We'd made bad decisions somewhere along the line. Whether it is given credit to companies we shouldn't have done and left with bad debts, whether it was over-investing in the market that was on that, that was in the reverse, whether it was investing and, and maybe not properly executing that investment. Things got bad because we'd made bad decisions. Now we're just in a situation where Everything was going swimmingly, and then evidently some guy in China at a bat, and, 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 our, and, our, and our whole world changed. You know, and, 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 and that's essentially what happened. We, we, we couldn't have done anything about this. Um, and the, those that maybe are getting down on themselves should, should, should start thinking, hold on, you built the business to where it was. This came along, it's not your fault. And therefore, you've still got the abilities when all this ends. Just hang on in there. Because if you've done it once, you can certainly do it again. Yeah, do you not think the market's a great thing about the industry we're in? Is uh, you know, I, I, I talk to customers, I talk to suppliers, 
I talk to competitors. Uh, you know, we we have we have an industry that actually tends to reach out and look after each other as best we can. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's because we all know each other so well. I think it's social as well as commercial. Yeah, so we 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 ring up people to ask how they are, and we really do care how they are. You know, and, and yeah. so the conversation starts with what's happening in your families, and then it goes into business, and mm -hmm. then at times maybe we have to take the attitude, hey, it's only money. Yeah, and I know we're all in business, and and that's what it that's what it generates around. But I think the the reason we do help each other out is because socially we we've, we've all grown up together. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, is, that, that makes, is really lovely. Um, just in terms of kind of getting the hospitality industry back on its feet, I know there's been quite a lot of debate on whether it should be one metre or two metre social distancing in terms of front and back of house. So where do you kind of land on that side of the debate, Mark? Um, I don't know. It's, it's down to numbers, doesn't it? You know, I, I think I think at first it was all about protecting the national protecting the national health um you know the slogan sort of stay at home save lives protect the national health i think protect the national health was the only thing so therefore the government took a decision to sort of get everyone get everyone at home and and, and close everything down um then i think they've gone into a situation where they're going to run out of money and they can't afford what's going on so i i think it's a question of get everyone back and encourage people to go back to work um and i think we get fed an agenda that when it all evolved it probably wasn't as bad as it really as it was portrayed to be um and now it's probably not as as good and safe as they're portraying it to be <laughs> but, but the government need to get us back to work or or they're going to go under and we won't have any national health service and we won't have any schools um and you know that that the lovely nurses and doctors and, and everyone else all have to go to work with, with no wages because nobody can pay them. Um, so I, I think it's a question of we have to develop ways of getting people back. And it's a numbers game. You know, it's a, a thousand people dying was, was far too many. Um, it's a hundred people. I, I, I don't know. You know, it's, I suppose you could say under 100 people, it's worth it to keep the economy going. But if that was one of your family and relatives, you, you wouldn't agree with that. So it's, you know, it's, 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 it's where, where do you draw the line? Um, we have to somehow get back, get restaurants back to work. Um, because a, a, an environment where everyone stays at home and invites up to four friends around for a garden party, isn't doing the hospitality any good whatsoever um and that that, that that's got to be a, an objective uh, whether it can be done within two meter distancing or whether it can be one meter distancing i'm, I'm not a medic i, I don't really know I, I think somebody has to make a decision that you, you've got to gamble somewhere down the line and, and weigh up the pros and cons yeah, so it's a great article which I would summarise in saying two metres social distancing, your average pub or restaurant can get to 30% capacity. Drop mm -hmm. it down to a metre, they can get to 70% capacity. 
and that's the point where they're breaking even, they're spending money, and, yeah. and, and then the industry really starts to open up again. You know, I'm, I'm not a public health expert. I wouldn't want to lobby for any changes in it. it. It really is up to the medical advice to tell us what it is. But, you know, from a personal standpoint, I really hope they change it. I hope they change it to a meter, and I hope a meter is safe and that, that there's not an additional risk there because it allows the industry to open back up again. It allows me to get a pint on a Friday night again, which is something. And, and the problems are still yet to come in that sector you know that 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 you know where we look at stage three which is where this is evidently all over um you know we're all trying to get businesses back to a level um, and we're all trying to do that in what we've been told is going to be the biggest recession that the world's ever seen and we're having to cope with that and, and, and get businesses back um i think when the furlough scheme ends and people have to start paying back some of those loans that they've taken out, that's when the crunch is going to hit. Not necessarily now, because you know, if you look at the big restaurant groups, they've got 90% of their staff furloughed. Um, and, 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 and that probably means 90% of their salaries coming back because the ones that furloughed were, were, were earning under two and a half grand a month. Whereas we all know with our businesses, we might have furloughed people, but two and a half grand a month when you're talking about uh, equipment, catering equipment, engineers, and salespeople, and middle and senior management uh, is no way 80% of their salary. And, and we've still been paying people full. Um, I think when the furlough scheme ends, I think that's that's when the problems are, are, are going to really hit. Sure, yeah. P Peter, just coming back to you um, for a second and changing the sort of nature of the conversation slightly. I know that last week um, you reopened your development kitchen up in up in Scotland, and you know that's yeah. that's sort of been a hive of activity for you over the years. A place where your team can show potential customers and existing customers new equipments and concepts and so on. Obviously, it's going to be some time before people are moving and traveling again. Are you, are you having to alter the way that um, that kitchen works and operates, bringing in technology to try and engage with customers remotely? Yeah, yeah totally. I, th I mean, I think, I'm trying to remember when you were last up in Stirling, Andrew, um, and you were in the development kitchen. You know, th this is our new version of that is sitting chatting on the internet. Um, so, you know, it's great to have Sean back. He, he, he literally is the, the, one of the best guys we have. He's a lovely guy. Uh, you know, it helped me put on a bit of weight again now that he's back in there. <laughs> he's back. Great to, great to have him back in the kitchen. But yes, we, we, we have all of the tools to do training and live feeds um, from the kitchen. We're probably looking at investing a little bit more in that just to, to just up the level a wee bit as we expect less customers to be visiting here. So therefore, the need to do you know more webinars, more training, more online demos, more customer support through online platforms. Yeah. So Mark, does that apply to you as well as a you know as a distributor business? Are you having to accept the fact you're possibly needing to use technology to, to train people to engage with your customers and so on? Yeah, um, you know we're having site meetings now by by, by, by video conference. Um, we spend half our day on video conference and, and anything from 10 to 15 um, meetings um, and people sat at those meetings, you know, up to a dozen people at, at a time that, you know, we, normally 12 of us would have driven to one place all in separate cars and 10 
taking three hours to get there, had a sort of two hour meeting and then taking two hours to get back. So there are certain benefits to that. You know, again, that worst case scenario. I know for a fact that our traveling costs, hotel bills and petrol bills have, have gone to next to nothing. And, and, and it, it, it staggered me to see how high they'd actually become because I've never really looked. Um, but now you have time to look at the figures and you realize there's phenomenal savings in that respect. What it costs us to attend meetings, um, stay overnight, uh, travel, um, it, 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 it was a phenomenal cost really. So, so that's dropped off. So yeah, we, we're managing to do that. And, and, and at first, most of our staff were working from home um, and a lot seemed quite happy working from home. But I think it depended on whether they had young children. Um, yeah, if they had young children, then they probably wanted to get out of home. Uh, if they didn't, then, then, then they were quite happy to stay there. Uh, I, I, as much as I see the benefits to that, at the beginning I thought, yeah, this is great. Why do we need premises that are so big? And why weren't we doing this ages ago? But the, the longer it goes on, I think I do realise that, you, know, you mentioned training, that, that's a big aspect. You can do training on video. I'd say the majority of training people here get is being around 20, 30 people every day that have been in the industry for donkey's years together and what they're learning every day in informal training. So while they're working from home, nobody's training them. No, they're, not, they're not hearing conversations. They're not seeing incidents develop, um, how we solve them, uh, how we get to certain areas. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not as much of a fan as I was at the start of all this. Um, as you can see, we can social distance in this building. So I decided to come into the office because that works for me. I don't think I'd be a very good stay at home person. I think I'd, I'd start the, the right way and then I'd probably end up watching ice cold truckers while I had a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we've just about run out of time now, guys, but thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoys this latest episode and, and tune in for another Market Talk soon.